Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I am your host, Joe Garrix, coming to you once again from the Fairfield Comedy Club. Today with our guest, Caitlin Reese. The Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. How was the club tonight? Uh, it was great. It was a little bit um, an older crowd that I think uh, I've been doing a lot of queer queer gigs li- recently and I'm actually going to be featuring for Poppy uh, Champlin who's a local comic and so I've been developing a lot of uh, queer jokes and I, I'm not quite sure that people want to hear <laughs> yeah this is uh, probably <laughs> the least queer room you can find uh, especially when it skews older I feel like yeah. feel like the older generations had less queers yeah. Uh, yeah yeah it didn't go poorly but I think they're just like wow she's got another one and another <laughs> <laughs> oh she's really she's really going into this I, I don't think she's joking we're cool with it we just don't want to hear 10 minutes of it thank you so much <laughs> this isn't a pride rally get it together <laughs> yeah they it's uh it's it's always like I feel like the crowds here are usually generally the same they like don't get like getting like dirty sexual stuff too yeah. much like or like if it's like off color yeah, yeah. you can lose them quick or if you do anything political they're sure. very and they're also i think usually uncomfortable about how white they are yeah um and now apparently they're uh, uncomfortable about how straight they are <laughs> uh, so. we gotta hit them at all angles i think you know i think if you're white and straight you should be uncomfortable with it <laughs> like i uh <laughs> well kudos to you and your booking that you're making uh people in trouble connecticut uncomfortable they deserve it you know <laughs> they deserve it <laughs> <laughs> I do my best to make them uncomfortable, but sometimes I think I look too much like them to to succeed. Yeah, <laughs> I know they feel like it's kind of like a wink and a nod, like "Oh, you're giving me the woke talk." Okay. Yeah, I think like the, f- the most I can do is like just go very far into like drug talk, and then they're like, "Oh, he's not like <laughs> us either." Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I'm glad to have you here. It's glad to, good to have you back in Connecticut. Yeah. You uh, you know we're based in Connecticut now. You're based in New York, fucking city. How's that been? Uh, it's been it's been amazing. I, I think I'm not really a person though because my buddies back home have been like, oh my god, tell me what New York is like, and I'm like, I haven't had. I drink vodka. I eat random snacks. Like I haven't been to a restaurant yet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I live in Williamsburg in one of the most popular areas and there's amazing restaurants by me and everyone keeps recommending things and I'm like, but I got to do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in bars. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, I, and like, I love Brook. I've been to Brooklyn a bunch before and, um, in New York and it's not that I, but I would love to actually like settle in and really enjoy the city. But right now I'm just doing the grind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to. That's why you're there, right? Yeah. I assume it'll become not quite as exciting and I can go, you know what? It's Thursday. Maybe. Yeah. Once in a while. Yeah. Take a night off. <laughs> For, treat yourself. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. So, so you moved to New York from Connecticut. Yeah. Um, which I think like makes sense, right? I think that's like a smart move um For because sure. i did the opposite uh <laughs> which is a dumb move uh but but like what so in in terms of your thinking on making that move like what spurred you on to this or like what's like your hope or your goal for like new york what do you think is going to like come of that uh my most basic goal is just get better fast yeah and that's already happening yeah uh, you get that many reps in it's just inevitable if you're willing to do the work um, so you're finding more reps there then you were able to on mics for sure. Yeah, because in Connecticut it's so laid. It's laid out in a way where if you can hit a mic by the time I would get to another mic, it would take me an hour. Where I can do four mics in a burrow. Yeah, um, yeah. Just leave work and boom, boom, boom. So uh, that's is that the, not deadening your soul. I hope. 
uh, it is, but I've been, I already found a crew of people that have been doing it with me. And so at least we're kind of rallying. So like by, it helps to have like somebody in it with you. Yeah. Like you want to quit by Mike three, but like your homies are like, no, we're doing another, we're closing it out and we're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't do it every, I'm not doing that every single night, but yeah, I'm just going to a lot of shows. Um, gotten booked on a couple clubs that have been fun to do. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, New York was great. I did my first, uh, I guess my first like seven years of comedy wow. in New York. And, uh, it, you know, it's it's trying, right? You gotta, like, yeah. You've got to work hard. You've got to be out there. Um, and you got to like, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think you have to fight for every scrap you get. Absolutely. Might, uh, that might just be how I feel because I wasn't funny enough not to, you know, like no one was just like, oh, yeah, get so on our show. So you started in New York. Yeah, yeah. So I just uh, moved back to Connecticut Two years ago when we started this club, I basically started this club because when I moved from New York to Connecticut, the thing that I was worried about was not getting enough reps. So just like, you know, sure. like, oh, how am I going to get stage time in yeah. Connecticut? I don't want to drive two hours to New York to do it. And uh, so we started this room just doing one show a week. And luckily it was great. And now I'm getting more reps in Connecticut because of this than I was getting in New York, which is just like kind of dumb luck. So there's also, I think, sometimes like an advantage. It's like, yeah, you know, you go from being like a mediocre comic in New York and then you come out to Connecticut and now you could be like a great comic. Exactly. You know, at least that's how it feels like in this room. So no, it it's so easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's a, uh, but I give you a lot of props for starting in New York. When I meet comics who started in New York, I'm just like, I can't imagine what you had to go. Like, I'm so grateful that I got to feel a little bit like a big fish in a small pond before going out there. And I actually, have credits and a good tape and I'm not because yeah. I can't I can't imagine because it's so hard for me with that I can't imagine being like no you gotta start from the bottom up yeah no I mean it's you know it always feels like the bottom no matter where you are too I feel like oh, I, for I, sure. I still feel like I'm at the bottom but same yeah but uh <laughs> <laughs> and I don't ever expect it to change um but you know it, it was just like for me it was like produce a show right like you want stage time produce a show because Mike's I don't know like I try to force myself to go to him but I just hate him and like sometimes I feel like I'll go in with material that would work somewhere else I do it in a mic and I'm like well that didn't fucking work and I don't feel confident in it right you know but if I tried it out here for the first time I could crush with it and then have the time to tweak it and get it where it needs to be for sure Um, but yeah I mean just like you know producing a show makes a like that that'd be my one piece of advice like you know you can do that now you can start getting the comics on that you want to work with yeah. You know, start to improve based on like, you know, seeing styles and things that people are doing that, you know, people you respect. So for sure. Yeah. I, I, that's definitely the plan. I just wanted to uh, give myself a moment to really get to know folks out yeah. there. Yeah. So I I'm mean, not, you've been there yeah. a week, so like, why haven't you started a show yet, Caitlin? <laughs> well, people have already, I mean, comics that I know out there gave me that advice immediately. They're like, you, you got to be doing something that people want or yeah, you're not going to, not much is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You just got to like kind of, you know, you got to find your stage. Yeah, you know? exactly throw it somewhere if you know yeah but now new york is fun the good news is like you said there's like a lot of opportunities there's a lot of bars that are you know be happy to have somebody sending people in to drink totally so yeah i've been uh i was already kind of going to new york a lot though because i actually come from an improv background so i was i went to ucb okay for improv how long did you do improv uh five years yeah and uh i've only most recently quit when i moved to brooklyn just a month ago because it's not going to advance me to my goals. It was just something I did for joy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, I don't have time stupid. for joy. <laughs> so what what are the goals then? Uh, I would like to uh, write on a 
TV show for comedy, and uh, I would like to do literally all the things you can do in stand-up I yeah. would like to do. That's uh, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of well, there's a lot of opportunity. That's what's kind of funny, like with this podcast. You know, you know, there's there's so many different routes you can go. Right, you can write for a TV show. You can have an album. You can do the road. Sure. You know, you could do like cruise ships, like you know, yeah. warm up comedy. You yeah. know, there's just like a lot of different things that you would like never think about. For sure. But it's, they all are in New York. So. And you starting in New York, I'm interested to know how it worked for you because people will be like, "Oh, I'm doing stand up." They're like, "Well, what else? What's your project?" And it's like, "Stand up is not enough." And I came into it as a purist like, "No, I just I want to do all the things you can do with stand up." And uh it's been a more recent idea to think about being in a writers room. I do have a background in doing some sketch stuff, so because um, with CT Comedy Theater in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, we have a sketch program, and I've been involved in some of the things we've done there, and that was really fun. So, you know, it's something that I've kind of put in my back pocket, like, well, if I need another project, that's something I enjoy doing. But on in my heart of hearts, it's like, it's just stand-up. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel the same way. Like, I love doing stand-up. All I want to do is improve at it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, I think it's important to have more revenue streams, right? None of this pays a lot of money exactly so it's like how what are other ways and, and what are other ways that you can kind of build an audience for yourself so like that's the hope with like somebody at the podcast is like oh maybe i reach some other people for sure maybe somebody like listens to that and it's like oh i like him yeah I, you know probably they don't i mean but that that's the hope um <laughs> so you know so i certainly think you know the more you can do and the more different things the better you know in terms of like the writing yeah i would love to do that too i would have no idea though if i was in a writing room what the fuck to do yeah. at all. So, I mean, the fact that you have a sketch background is great. And I think, you know, if you can find other stuff to like hone those skills. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. And good improv is just live sketch. Yeah. Uh, the best improv. That's exactly what it is. And, and I know standups like to knock it, but, uh, when it's done well, it's incredible. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. Like I, uh, I actually started, as a f- comedy fan, as an improv fan, I never did improv. Yeah, you, so you're looking at me like, oh, you started as an improv. I like, know. Yeah. I'm so. Ha- I was oh, just yeah. gonna be so happy that you even like it at all. Oh no. <laughs> well, so let me tell you why. I thought for a while that improv was the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, improv's fucking awesome. Improv is great. It's all just fucking great. And the reason I thought that was my college had an improv troupe at it, and um, my I used to go to all their shows. They were fucking great. My junior year on the improv troupe uh, was uh, Mike Birbiglia, uh, Nick Kroll. Oh, my fucking God. And then I think the year after that, John Mulaney oh my joined God. it. So like it was uh, Nick Kroll my senior year. Nick Kroll is a senior the same year I was. And then Mulaney was on it. So I just thought it was great. Instead, I, you know, I was just being treated to some of like, the most incredible comedy talent you know, that's out there. What, which, uh, where'd you go to school? Uh, Georgetown. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd, I'd, when I got to the city, I'd go to improv. And some of it's good. Like, if you go to UCB, yeah. like on a Friday or Saturday night, you're going to oh. see some, like, very talented people. If you don't like it, um, you're brain dead. Like, yeah. I'm Have sorry. you seen um, Your Love, Our Musical? No. Oh, you need to see that. Um, Rebecca Virgil, I'm almost positive I got the name right. And Evan, I, I don't remember Evan's last name. But they do a two-person musical improv. And it's a great show. They go, they find a couple in the audience to tell them. They come up on stage, they interview them about their love story, and then they turn it into a musical. Hell yeah! With multiple songs, band, every like it's uh, it's yeah. fucking awesome. Like, look look for it, find yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Great. Musical so, improv is very much its own, uh, like 
I just can't imagine. genre of improv that's very like, intense. It just sounds like the hardest thing you could ever have to do. It really is. There's also uh, people who do like rap improv that's like very popular. It's incredible to watch and also mind-blowing. I'm like, wow, improv in and of itself is really hard. And now you're like adding all these layers to it. It's very, it's very yeah. cool. I find it terrifying. I, I never had the balls for it. Like, yeah. I like the idea of stand-up. You go up, you know what you're going to say. Like you yeah. have that in your back pocket. Like there's not going to be surprises. Like, yeah. you know, there might be surprises, but you're like, ultimately you're in control mm-hmm. um yeah i uh so five years of improv yeah and uh what's I think really so you're not gonna do any more improv though i i don't know i i don't i look at my schedule and i'm like when would i have the time to be happy joe like <laughs> <laughs> you gotta find that time that's like yeah. cut out a mic <laughs> like, i don't know i, I think there's I, I mean do you think that do you still think I mean obviously you've developed you know comedy skills from improv that I think would transfer over definitely um, do you, are you at a point where you're like oh I don't you don't see like the same like uh, return on investment from that time no I definitely do it's uh, it made me such a confident performer starting out and stand I mean I did improv as a way to get comfortable to do stand up stand up has always been my goal since I was a little little kid really that's yeah. amazing uh, Full House, the the crazy uncle in Full House with the wacky t shirts was a stand up comic, and it was a lie because he was making a living off of it. But I believed it as a child. So when I was asked <laughs> what I wanted to do when I grew up, I wanted to be a stand up comic like him. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So this has always been the goal. But I did improv. I thought, well, I won't shit my pants on stage if I'm with a group of five people, right? Uh, so and, you thought uh, improv would be easier. Yeah. To get up I, and do then. And then I, I fell in love with improv in and of itself. And so uh, improv definitely gave me the confidence to then do stand-up. Because I will say, bombing in improv is actually way worse than bombing in stand-up. Like, I don't know why, but there's something so embarrassing that five of us couldn't get... <laughs> couldn't Not even get. one of you. <laughs> Not even one of you could have yeah. gotten something. We're all losers. There's so many <laughs> losers on the stage right now. It's just overwhelming. Oh, my God. That's that's fun. I would think it would be easier because you have, like, four people to share it with. And you could be like, it's that guy's fault. I don't know. There's only one time I have to be on. There's only one time where it was like an uh, atrocity of bombing, but it was so bad and it scarred me in such a way with these two other women that I was like, well, I, I literally have never hit a low in stand up as bad as that low because yeah. you're doing a 20 minute set with two other people that like we can't. And improv audiences, their way of acknowledging that something is a cool idea is to make an, a weird fake laugh noise. Like, improv audiences aren't real people, really. They're kind of like, <laughs> ha, that's a good idea. <laughs> so if you're getting silence from them, that means you are, yeah, yeah. you are the lowest of the low. Well, <laughs> I feel like you've further convinced me to never try improv. <laughs> Shit. I'm like, so it's harder, <laughs> but the lows are lower? <laughs> huh. <laughs> and that's how what you decide to start with. You're like, oh, stand up. Stand up will be hard. I will <laughs> jump into it by doing something harder first. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it worked what I out learned. for you, I guess, right? Yeah. So five years of impro- So how long have you been doing stand up now? Uh, I don't count an official date, but I think it's like three and a half, four years. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a year or so of improv under your belt, and then boom. Yeah. I will say, though, that I think the biggest thing that I love about it, and I'm finally getting... So I started stand-up as a character, mm-hmm. and that was 100% influenced by my time doing improv. What was your character? <laughs> I don't talk about it anymore because it didn't get me booked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to do it. <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, <laughs> no, I was, a, I was a kid named Stella who related more to animals than people, and I ran a, uh, an, an 
a dog advice column and it would like quickly show in my answers to people who had concerns about their pets that I was completely unhinged. Um, and it worked in alt rooms and it bombed as hard as you can bomb anywhere else. And I realized very quickly that I didn't want to be an alt comic, but it was, it took me a long time to shake those legs. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like just in the last year I've come into a style that's me and authentic and feels good. And I want to, do more character work, but have it be its own special show, not anything related to yeah coming to see me. Well, that's uh that's great. I mean, you got a lot of skill sets going yeah. there. I uh, I don't know. Whenever I see somebody who's like doing a stand up as a character, I'm like, yeah, that seems like a like it would have to be so good exactly to be good, right? Like you'd have to be. <laughs> well, speaking of Nick Kroll, Nick like, Kroll, why make it harder for yourself? Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's so good at that. Like, I, that's the dream, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's the dream. well for me. Yeah, <laughs> if for you me. like character work, that's the that's the dream. <laughs> that's like my dream character work comic. That's that's your dream. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. More so than the writing thing. I mean, stand up in and of itself is is always number one. Yeah. But I love I love the fact that he does like regular stand up, and then when he does character work, it just it's so good. I feel like his stand up isn't that great. Oh really? Yeah. Like his character stuff is great. I don't know. I haven't watched him do stand up for yeah. a while. I feel like he's kind of gotten away from it. Yeah. I remember watching stuff, and I'm like, ah, he's good. He's very funny. But it, he maybe it's just that his character stuff is so good that you like hold it to that. You yeah, know? you can. He's just like yeah. Yeah. But fantastic character stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, Caitlin, uh, if people are looking for you, Williamsburg, where else can they find you? Uh, I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm going to be traveling this summer for some different festivals. And uh, so if people want to go to my website, that's usually the best spot, which is just my name, CaitlinReese.com. I'm also on Twitter Twitter as MXCaitlinReese. And I'm on Instagram, CaitlinReeseComedy. Boom. Guys, yeah. find Caitlin. Check her out. She's hilarious. Uh, Caitlin, great to have you here. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Like, if anybody says anything, right away. Um, and the sellers like that. I mean, like, I think they know which comics... I think it's like a case-by-case basis. But ultimately, if you're a comic who does not want somebody to engage, does not want an audience member to get involved at all... If an audience member says one word, they come right over to you. They say, "Don't say another word." If they said it again, typically you're out. That's um, and they have, and that's what you know. That's one of the things that makes them so great. I yeah. think. Yeah, I, uh, it's a tough balancing act, right? Because like, you know, a, you know, I would like to be able to do that, but I also want to like, you know, there's people who don't know. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. They should. You should have to go. Who, where, can you show me an example somewhere on a podcast, TV show, movie, anywhere where people, where a comic has actually used the phrase, I love when people heckle me? I've never, who, even the best, a tell doesn't want people to, to heckle. And not want, exactly, because you want to be in charge of the situation. Right, right. They can roast you. They can do material. Right. They're not heckling you. Yeah. Right. Um, But some people think that when they're heckling, that they're like, oh, we're making it better. We're like, you know, we're doing crowd work with the comic. There's a complete difference. Like, you need to let the comic. 
And 95, I would say, and I can't put an exact number on it, but if I had to guess, I'd say like 95% of people, crowd members who just say a comment or just who say something a little disruptive and then get shut down by the comic, probably in a funny way the first time, understand like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then you just got that 5% where just like, it's like, nothing helps. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> I used to say, I it absolutely. Guy I used to drink a lot, and I'm like, oh, you know what? You gotta, you gotta stop these, this spread of toxins. <laughs> <laughs> it is a spread, dude. It absolutely is. Well, look, Eric, I gotta tell you, you, uh, you handled it wonderfully. I'm sorry uh, that you were stuck in that position, but all good, man. It turned out great. I mean, everybody else loved the show, uh, and I think uh, we're gonna get a lot of good reviews out of it. Awesome. Um, so hopefully, drown those. Not two. We're gonna get two very poor reviews. Awesome. But uh, well, one quick question before we go. Any sure. Just general advice for other comics, like with hecklers. Like, is there any like kind of rule or trick or uh, suggestion that you would make just as a general idea? Um, I think that in different rooms, um, you should have different expectations of what the club is willing to do about hecklers, and I think some rooms, unfortunately, and it's a very sad truth, the um owner manager booker just cares about getting people in and it's sort of like we're not losing a customer to you and they don't put the comic first which those are the rooms i'm sort of trying not to ever work again um occasionally i come across one but um i would say sort of like just understand where you're at what your surrounding is um understand uh how the manager or booker or host or whoever's running the show um prioritizes um, the show and the comic and the audience and I would say don't do anything you're uncomfortable with like if you if you like handling it and some people do handle it if you don't like handling it don't handle it and find a way not to handle it and go over to a manager and say I'm not comfortable with this I mean like I don't because I remember like I you know when you're in the beginning you're very vulnerable you know doing it a long time you develop thick skin you know how to handle more and more situations and in a better way but when you're first beginning, you write five minutes. You're very vulnerable up there. You've memorized the five minutes. And any person that says one comment disrupts your flow and disrupts. And I think just know yourself and understand who you are. And and uh, whatever comic you are, just know where you're limited is and where your comfort zone is and where it ends. And uh, and sort of like just be in tune with that. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And I would add, you know, probably like carry a weapon. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, a lot of states you can do that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> well, Eric, it's, it's always a pleasure. Thank uh, you, sir. Nine o'clock show. Uh, we'll go a little bit smoother. Already uh, sounds good. Not,